Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Mike. And I'm Nate. What are we smoking today, Nate? Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this. It looks like it's a Kentucky? I'm just teasing. That's not the word that I was going to mispronounce. Kentucky Fire <laughs> Cured Muwat? Muwat? M-U-W-A-T. Muwat. Something like that. This is from Subculture Studios, I believe. Okay. So I'm... Uh, I like the flavor on the wrapper. Hmm. That is good. Yeah. This will be interesting. Yeah, Subculture Studios, that's what it says. I uh, have no expectations for this one. I don't even recall how I got this, to be honest with you. So I feel like be... I ordered these in one of my orders, and I just did oh, two of them, maybe. maybe. Um, yeah, maybe you did. That's a, all I can say is the draw on this one is amazing, especially coming off that uh, CAO Black that I had. <laughs> um, but I, it's quite tasty, the first couple of puffs. Uh, I like it. It's darker by a long shot than the CAO Black. Yeah, it is darker. Kind of sweet. Yeah, it's got uh, got some sweetness to it in a good way. It's not overly so, but it's dark and sweet, just like my soul. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. That is nice. Can say I wasn't expecting anything. No, uh, it's and you know what? It's nice for us to come into a, a cigar and really not have any expectations. I think. I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, because so many are like name brand this or you know popular or whatever and then it feels like we're expected to like it or something and so it's really nice coming in and not knowing anything about it yeah it's different uh i genuinely do or generally do have expectations from certain brands yeah so uh which is if you're going into a cigar shop and you don't know what to get sometimes you do just want to get a something that you know is going to be decent yeah, uh, and I'm pairing this one with a Liftbridge Juice Z, which is a, a New England IPA. Okay. You're out, uh, of still, out of Stillwater, Minnesota. Oh, jeez. Inside oh, of the Liftbridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> so, that thing, it goes up, and then it comes down, and it mashes them their hops, you know. Oh, yeah. Now, it's a, isn't it a bicycle walking bridge? Yes. Uh, okay. We used to drive over it because we used to live right across the river from it in Wisconsin. And we used to drive over it. And every time my dad was like, I think this thing's going to fall down soon. And uh, it still hasn't <laughs> fallen down, but it got to be to the point where it was too dangerous for cars to drive over it. So now they've turned it into like a marketplace uh, or what have you. Well, that wasn't exactly true. It wasn't a matter of danger. It was more a matter of uh, vehicle flow. Well, it's narrow, yeah. but also know. danger. If you've have you driven across that bridge ever? Uh I've worked on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this the safety uh, aspect isn't dangerous. Uh, it just feels dangerous because it was you know it's an old bridge with old it is road parameters. So you feel real close to the sides, and there's not a whole lot of like room in between lanes. And uh, it definitely, it's a lot more safe if you're. Uh, Feels more safe if you're walking on it than if you're driving across it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the lift bridge in uh, Duluth. Oh, yeah. Excited about the episode uh, topic? Uh, I don't today? know what the topic is yet. <laughs> I, I know you don't, but so we uh, we just came off of our kind of uh, Nebraska transgender bill episode, and that one was the more difficult of the two topics. So I thought we could kind of like 
downshift and just coast a little bit for this oh, next episode. Nice. Uh, and also, because nice. we tend to record two episodes back to back, just so we have some leeway if we need to do something else on our recording evenings. Um, so I wasn't sure if Mike was going to be three or five stone fences in uh, or not. So <laughs> I figured do the delicate one first. And then we can do something a little easier second. So, oh, I'm on my second water. <laughs> okay, we got to watch out then. He's getting riled up. I can hear it in his voice. All right. Uh, I thought we would do kind of a true-false uh, old wives' tales. Okay. All right. And so I don't know. Like I don't know if old wives' tales are uh, derogatory or not uh, to call them that, or if I should call them old men tales or. Uh, anything else and so i thought we kind of do like with our uh, is this phrase or word racist or not uh, i thought it'd be a little bit f- fun here and so i've got a couple uh web- website tabs open and we're just going to kind of go through and now i i haven't read through this whole these whole sites uh, I, I did some other research and some of them uh, they said some of these wife tales were true and i know them to be false so we're going to kind of have to have a little bit of our own input on these as well and some of these i have not heard of because uh, apparently i'm not an old wife so uh, and the people that used to tell me these old wives tales are by and large dead so i don't really have easy access to them anymore sure so I've got this website up. It's 19 popular old wives' tales, true or false. And so I'll just go through and I'll ask you what you think. Uh, and I'll try and do it so that I don't see this first one. I know what the answer is. So but going forward, I'm going to try and not see the answer until we okay. can talk about it. Uh, so number one, putting earwax on a cold sore will speed up its healing process. Now, this is one I've never heard of. I've never heard of that. That doesn't seem like that. I don't know. I mean, it would taste bad, I, wouldn't it? It would taste bad. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm okay, going to say well, let's false. see. All right. This one says, true, earwax has anti-herpes, anti-micrococcus, and anti-staphylococcal. Maybe I sh- should I have been a doctor? I don't know. Uh, properties. Apply earwax directly on a cold sore, and in time, it will stop the tingling and pain. Uh, okay. I don't. This is one where I feel like even if it's true, I'm still not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one, I'm going to need your help on. Uh, number two, and now I don't know what the answer to this one is. This one is sitting on a cold wall gives you piles, and I don't know what piles is. It doesn't sound good. Is that like uh, well? Hemorrhoids? I mean, I don't want like whatever it is. I don't want it. Um, well, <laughs> you look it up. I got this. I got this other one. I don't know what piles is. All right, this I might will, be a I super will, uh... lame. This might be a super lame episode because we don't really know any of these things, and uh, I don't know enough about piles. To I don't know anything about piles, so I couldn't even tell you if I felt like the answer yeah, on this website was. Oh, okay. Yeah, hemorrhoids. I'm gonna say. False. All right, so okay. I, I, I aren't hemorrhoids like uh, inherited or something? You know, I I don't know. I don't you I've know I don't know much about issue. hemorrhoids either. I think they can just happen, but I don't know. Um, like I said, I don't know enough about hemorrhoids. I'm not into the hemorrhoid porn, so no, I'm not a member of the hemorrhoid culture. Yeah, uh, it says false piles or hemorrhoids for people not in the 1700s are far more likely to be the result of pregnancy. 
Straining due to constipation or childbirth. Getting a chilly bum does not cause them. So good news for all you cold wall sitters out there, which would probably be most of our cigar uh, smoking friends that listen and like to smoke outside in the winter. Uh, you're not going to get hemorrhoids from smoking your cigar leaning against your stone stone fence uh, that keeps your sheep in your yard and away from your neighbor's uh, grazing fields. <laughs> I thought about getting sheep. <laughs> Are you Scottish? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right, number three, and I've heard this one, that I'm sure you have as well. Chicken soup makes you better. Uh, how are they going to quantify this? I mean, it's the salt and the carbs and the warmth, and I'm sure a lot of the memories that it brings up that makes you feel better when you're sick. I don't think that chicken soup aspect has anything to do with it. I think it might be some physical responses to the addictive parts of the food. You know what I mean? Like that fat and sugar and salt mix. Okay. Uh, maybe there's some of that, but mostly this is not going to be like a psychosemantics response. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? You hit it spot on because the answer is true-ish. So it says chicken soup won't actually cure a cold, but scientists have found that chicken soup can reduce inflammation by slowing down the white blood cell activity responsible for that inflammation, which then will relieve some symptoms. So it, it won't actually cure you or fix your cold, but it will relieve your symptoms slightly. Interesting. Uh, here's, here's another one, and I don't know anything about this either, uh, but I have heard this in like true crime things or, you know, like the, uh, the true crime movies and things or deduction stuff. Two blue-eyed parents can't produce a brown-eyed child. And this was uh, uh, this is an old wife's tale from before 23andMe or whatever the other uh, genetic yeah, testing I would say is. that that's false. There's got to be... It's all about the alleles, right? I'm trying to remember my Well, and I don't even know about that, but I know there's recessive, there's recessive genes and things. Right. Uh, so the answer is false. You're right, Mike. Blue-eyed... Uh, mother and father can have a child with brown eyes, but it's incredibly rare. And two brown-eyed parents can have a child with blue eyes, but again, that's also rare. So uh, it's one of those things where... Is... Oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I, I saw a little article, and I did not read it. I only read the headline, that a yeah. white couple had a black child, and that they genetically... They took a DNA test, and it's their biological child. Uh, okay. And I know that that's happened in Africa with black couples having white children as well. And they've done DNA tests on those okay. children. So I think that many things are possible when it comes to uh, the genetic code, no matter what it is. Yeah. And do you know if any of those people that had a different skin colored children had any of that skin color in their lineage? Oh, who knows? That's... that's... Who knows? Well, I mean, at this point, like, everything's kind of a melting pot, right? Like, right. you'd have to really, like, the most a lot of us can hope for is knowing the names of a lot of the people that are our ancestors, but a lot of times that doesn't indicate race, you know? Right. Um, I know that I have green eyes, and apparently that is not very common. So, there we go. <laughs> well, they're beautiful, Mike. I want you to I know. know. I've been told that many times. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, like... Some of these, uh, so this one, it says it's false, but you know what? Uh, it says it's incredibly rare for it to happen. So 
I guess in that sense, I would maybe qualify this and say, you know, like generally in the in the in the era that old wife's tales were much more of a thing, this would be borderline true. You know what I mean? Like it's very unlikely for this to happen. Doesn't mean unlikely, it couldn't but happen. Not impossible. Right. But yeah, it doesn't mean it couldn't happen. But it's one of those things where back in the day, you didn't have the internet. You couldn't like sample a large population. You would just say, hey, you know what? Never seen two blue-eyed parents produce a brown-eyed child. You know, right? There you go. Um, so you know, I feel like, yeah. I mean, technically, it's it's not true, but it's close to the truth. I guess is what I would say. It's one of those things where the exception makes the rule. I don't know yeah. how common it is. I, you know, I don't common. know either. Probably not very common. Um, I have uncles that are brown-eyed that are like my dad. My dad has gray-colored eyes, like the wolf gray eye. Okay, yeah. And he's got uh, a brother that has brown eyes. Okay. And my, his dad had gray eyes as well, but my grandmother had brown eyes, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know <laughs> enough about kind of like genes and that kind of no, stuff. No, no, no. Uh, and I don't, you know, like, uh, to be honest, I don't know why, why this, right? Like t- two blue-eyed parents can't make a brown-eyed child. Like, why would that even be a, a thing that you would say to people? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I mean, some of these old wives' tales, like, I don't understand why they became like a thing that people kind of passed down as knowledge. I guess I've never like heard that wives' tale. Well, me either, but I mean, it seems like obscure, like very like weird um but whatever i mean it's up to us to decide now because we're the ones talking about it and looking at them right i guess so all right uh the next one if you're ready for this and i think you might know the answer to this i think you're a lot closer to home on this one than i am cows lie down when it's going to rain cows lie down when it's going to rain yeah, and and also uh, uh, sidebar with this one: the rains in Spain happen mainly on the plain. For any of you, my fair lady fans out there, I'm gonna say that that is false because I've seen plenty of cows standing in the rain. <laughs> okay, so this one says it's true-ish. Uh, researchers researchers found that cows stand up for longer periods when it's hot, uh, proving a link between their behavior and weather. And it's also suggested that cows lie down when it's colder, which is often what happens to the climate just before it rains. But again, they're not really citing any research on this website here. So it's um, probably along the lines of the, the two blue-eyed parents can't make a brown-eyed child. Like maybe some cows lay down when it's going to rain and some don't. I don't know. I know I, cows, I think cows, I think cows have different dialects of their moos. I mean, like seriously, like, I'm not trying to like pull your leg or like, be shitty about anything mm-hmm. um but i th- I th- feel like i read something where it was like cows have like different dialects so if you take a cow from one country and put it with a cow with a different from a different country they wouldn't necessarily like understand one another or i you know i don't know how i don't know how anyone has the time to figure that shit out i guess is kind of my thing but what i always assumed was that uh they could do math problems together as long as they use an arabic num- numeral system but they probably yeah i mean you got to find your common ground right Right. Grass good, wolves bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if they're like Chinese cows and they're not using Arabic numerals or using uh, Mandarin, they probably yeah. have more difficulty working together on their math problems. Probably. Okay, here's one that I have heard, uh, except they're using shepherd, and and that's not how I've heard it. Uh, red sky at night, shepherd's delight. I've heard sailor's delight. 
Yep. Red Sky and Warning, uh, Shepherd's Warning. I've heard Sailors. Um, I've heard that one as well. Yes. Uh, With the Shepherds I, or the Sailors? Uh, the Sailors. Yeah. We're seafaring peoples, apparently. Here yeah. I mean, I guess there's more the Sailors nowadays than Shepherds, probably. <laughs> yeah. We we love our seas uh, here our in the Northwoods. Land, landlocked. Woods. <laughs> well, yeah, we're sure. Not we have ten thousand. We have ten thousand lakes here, but uh, we love our seas here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Edmund Fitzgerald and all that. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> okay, I always I, I like it. I like this one. This is one that kind of like gives me comfort in my little like comfort spot, which is different from my prison pocket mic. So don't you dare say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this one this one is true, and apparently the this first appeared in the Bible, our favorite book in the Gospel of Matthew, and was used to help shepherds prepare for the next day's weather. There's red uh, the very they're talking about the variations, talking about sailors, um, the red sky, and I, I saw another one, and it was talking about like dust particles in the, in the air that caused the the redness. And so it kind of tells you when the pressure system is is leaving or arriving. So, oh. but again, like I don't know if that's true every single time, uh, or just most of the time. You know what I mean? Right. Weather is largely unpredictable, uh, depending on where you're at. Yeah, and I feel like in order for us to really kind of delve into these and speak intelligently about these, we probably both need like a few more master degrees. And I don't have any, so I'd need a lot more, right. uh, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, but I guess like if this one's true, then it's true enough for me in my day-to-day life. Uh, and also my weather app on my phone will tell me when things are happening. So oh, again, not, it's so uh, not super applicable. Stupid weather app. It, it, we've had a lot of snow this year and multiple times it's like, oh, it's not going to snow for another three hours. And outside's a which, which blizzard. Which one do you use? <laughs> which weather app do you use? Uh, I use uh, the one that comes with an iPhone and the one that comes on an Alexa. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've had really good luck with one called Carrot. They're okay. not a sponsor, but you can um, you can have it be as like sarcastic as you want. So I turned the personality up to overkill. So it told me today it's sunny. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but it's accurate and it gives me like by the hour precipitation. So I can look and be like, okay, it looks like the, the snow or the rain is supposed to stop in whatever. It's been really accurate in, in my experience. So it's uh, you have to pay for it, but it's like a one-time thing. It's not a big deal. Uh, but they're not a sponsor. If you're happy with your weather app, keep that one. If you're not, there's others that are better out there. Uh, most everything right. is better than whatever stock comes on the iPhone. Uh, Apple's apps are kind of like shit, by Other and large. Maps app is horrific terrible yeah so like i use google i don't use their browser i use but i use brave because uh the firefox app kind of like sucked i love firefox as a browser and i have it on all my computers but it the iphone app was unresponsive for a long time so i had to switch i use safari and brave both okay on my iphone but that's neither here nor there because we're talking about old wives tales and not technology troubleshooting <laughs> but i feel like i'm halfway through this cigar I'm and there, yeah. I've been I've been digging it. I've been digging it. This one's good. It is good. It's dark and it's sweet, and I like dark and sweet usually. Yes, um, not cheru like though. I would say no, no. It's it's not uh, not cheru sweet. Uh, I've not been getting some good ash off of this too. I've been really trying to control the ash because it's. I wasn't sure if I was going to uh, 
have Yoda Escher, not to be honest with you. But it's been pretty yes. solid. I'm getting a little uneven burn, but... Oh, okay. Mine's been really even, and the draw has been great, so... And this came from the same humidor that's running a little bit more humid than it typically does. And I think it's just because, like, things are melting, and we've got just a little bit more humidity going on now, so... Um, I know it shouldn't really affect inside the humidor, but I don't understand how everything works in life, so... I don't know, but sure. this one's smoking great, and I don't have any draw problems or lighting issues, and uh, and I'm happy. I'm happy. Both of mine might be a little dry. I organized my cigars uh, this afternoon, and, okay. Uh, so I had my humidor's all open, trying to keep track, and I got you yeah, uh, a big one gallon bag full of cigars for the show. Okay, so. I'm excited. We've yes. got lots oh, of yes. content, everybody out there. Uh, oh, yes. So we're not going anywhere. Unless we get shut down over our last episode. Oh, we were really calm on that one. On purpose. (laughs) I thought. I mean, there's very, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I like to talk about, but a lot of those things have to be handled very delicately because people are incited one way or the other way. And I feel like our society is getting more to that point where there's not a lot of middle ground anymore, and it's either this or that. And I don't think that that's right. I think there's a lot more middle ground out there than people are aware of. But um, And speaking about middle ground, Mike, if you're peeling or chopping onions, have you ever cried, had your eyes water? Uh, rarely, but yes. And uh, my Sarah has a serious issue with chopping onions. All right, so this uh, one is putting a slice of bread in your mouth can stop you crying when peeling onions. Do you I've think never that heard is slice true of bread or not true? I've heard burned matches. I've heard okay. uh, a number of different things. Now I'm trying to think of them. A uh, piece of bread I never heard of. So okay, uh, I suppose if you if the bread is long enough, it would block the vapor coming off of the onion. <laughs> So here's what it says. It says it is true. The S oxide in onions is released as a gas during chopping and irritates the eye, stimulating the tear ducts. Putting a slice of bread in your mouth with half of it sticking out is thought to catch the fumes before they reach the eye. Or you could do like the author of this website does, I guess, and just put on some goggles. So if you wear like swim oh goggles, God. you're not going to get the gas in your eyeballs. You know what I did, Nate? I just cut enough onions when I was working at a restaurant that my eyes are used to it now. <laughs> okay. You're just built different. That's all. I'm, I'm not built different. It's just, it's like anything else. Just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so this next one here is the one I, I take umbrage with. Uh, but we'll talk about it because I'm sure you understand where this one came from. Okay. This next one is eating carrots improves your vision. I've heard this one before. Yes. I've heard this one before. Do you think it's true or false? Uh, I read about this a while ago, and apparently there is a vitamin in the carrot that theoretically is good for your eye health. Uh, whether that makes it true or not is another matter, because you can get that vitamin in several foods. So Yeah. So this is what it says. It says, true. Carrots are rich in vitamin A, which is essential for sight, But also asparagus, apricots, nectarines, and milk also have vitamin A. And the reason why everybody thinks carrots, more so than anything else, is good for your vision, is World War II propaganda. Have you heard this? I have not. 
Oh, okay. So I'm ex- very excited then to tell you this. Uh, this is one of my favorite things. Is uh, during World War II, we invented radar. And we didn't want the Germans to know we invented radar. So what they did was they did this huge campaign saying that they've been feeding our pilots all of these carrots. So I guess like there's probably a little bit of basis that, you know, vitamin A is good for eyesight. So it wasn't like, oh, we just eat the water chestnuts. So that's good for our eyesight, you know, like, so they base it kind of in, in stuff, but it's largely propaganda where they said they've been feeding our pilots a lot of carrots and that's improved their night vision and stuff to see all the German planes, except we had radar. So it had nothing to do with carrots. But sure. it was our cover for inventing radar, so the enemy wouldn't know that we have a new technology. That is explain that explains why I heard that from my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who was yes, very who much herself alive during was World it? War II. <laughs> well, and 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 who herself was an old wife, mm-hmm. and and had tales <laughs> to tell. Uh, and okay, so now this next one I've also heard. I've also heard this next one, and I haven't scrolled down, so I don't know if it's true or false right now. But I feel just like, uh, I'll read it to you and then I'll tell you what my feelings on it are. Uh, Feed a cold and starve a fever. Have you heard that one, Mike? I have heard this one. And I feel that that is false. You should probably feed both. Okay. And I feel like as a child, I believed it. And then I think somebody, I think somewhere somebody, I heard somebody say feed both. And I was like, well, I like eating. So this one is, this one is false. The original, the original saying was, uh, Feed a cold, stave a fever, and stave means prevent. Um, so I think they thought that a cold would then turn into a fever. Uh, so fasting makes you weak. Even if you don't feel like eating, eat some chicken soup is what this website says. <laughs> uh, with our third our third wife's tale. <laughs> not, not, we're not Mormons. We don't have a third wife. Uh, wife, old wife's tale number three, not wife number three's tale. Okay. And this next one I've heard too, and my grandma used to say this to me all the time. And I'm sure your grandma said this to you all the time too, especially if she knew the carrot thing. Uh, I don't know how all these old wives knew all of these same sayings without, without uh, Twitter. Uh, but oh, I suppose, chain you know, emails. Yeah. Chain emails. A chain emails uh, all my bad luck is because I didn't forward this one chain email in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that firmly. <laughs> Okay, uh, you'll catch a cold if you go out in winter without a coat. And this was the Mine same as rain, rain, too. Like, yeah, yeah, re- yeah. I was gonna say rain too. <laughs> so, what do you think, Mike? Do you think if you go out when it's cold outside, you're going to get piles and a cold? <laughs> There's a possibility that it would weaken your <laughs> immune system. I guess. I don't yeah. think that it's directly related, <laughs> unless it's uh, just weakening your body's response because. You're focusing energy on creating heat, you know. But no, yeah, I, don't I mean, think I feel so. like I feel like, and I haven't scrolled down, but I feel like this one's false because I think I don't know if MythBusters did it or somebody else did it. I feel like there's been some tests on this one. Okay, so here we go. This one says false. Getting chilly doesn't cause a cold. There was a study in the New England Journal of Medicine, and two groups of people were exposed to the common cold virus. One group was exposed to germs in an unheated room, and the other in a balmy room, and both groups caught colds at the same rate so temperature of your surroundings doesn't impact whether you get a cold or not although i'm sure if you are um george from uh 
Christmas Carol and you're living like in an unheated home for extended periods of time, you're probably going to get a cold more often than, you know, someone else, but maybe not due to temperature, just because if you can't afford heat for your home, you probably can't afford like the carrots and vitamin A or something. <laughs> the cold. Yeah. Mine was the rain for sure. It was rain. Yeah. Yeah. My, ours was the rain too. It was always yelled at like it's raining outside. I'm just running to the barn or something, you know, and got to put a coat on. All right, uh, so this cigar is smoking a lot faster than I anticipated, and we're on number 11 of 19, so I don't think it will go to the other website uh, for oh, Wife's Tales. We I'm, I'm halfway through. Um, I'm more than halfway through. This one's been really tasty, and, and I guess maybe I, like, because last episode I had, I had drop problems, and now I'm, like, puffing hard <laughs> like I had to on the last cigar, and uh, I'm, like, yeah, I'm just sucking it down, uh, but I like this one. No, this is really good. I was... Uh, I was blown away. Like honestly, I think this one's fairly inexpensive. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, I don't know if you want to look it up or not on Pipes and Cigars, not a sponsor. dot com. I can look it up. We'll double check All that right. way. Everybody knows. Yeah, might as well. I mean, so and and with our last episode, we were talking about freedoms and people wanting to do things and with us talking on previous episodes this season about how we kind of smoke, you know, I don't want to say like low grade, but like low cost cigars. And, uh, I've been talking to some people who I'm trying to get as guests on the show and they're saying, well, we don't know anything about cigars and I don't want to be, you know, embarrassed about whatever. And I'm like, man, like just because I have a cigar podcast, with my buddy doesn't mean that I know things about cigars because I'm constantly learning. And a lot of times I feel like I'm an idiot with cigars and, but it doesn't matter because it's just, I'm smoking cigars and I don't know a whole lot about them. And if you don't know, so like we're, we're like what the anti gatekeepers then. Right. You know, like yeah, these I'm, are... I'm not trying to sit here and be like, Oh, I'm getting floral notes and I taste like cut grass. And, and uh, I can tell the person who picked this tobacco was wearing uh, some kind of cologne. Like, you know, like that's not what we're about. <laughs> <laughs> we're in some kind of cologne. Oh my. You know what I so, mean? Yeah. Oh no, I do. Um, this is a Robusto and uh, you can get them for four or 55 bucks a stick. Okay. Um, and this is a Drew Estate actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. This is like the best four or five bucks you could spend, I think, on a on a cigar. Uh, there's a lot of well, that's one of the goals of the show is yeah, so that we can uh, experience these four to five dollar cigars largely. And yeah. uh, there's some of them that are real stinkers, and there's some of them that are pretty pretty good. And this is one of the ones yeah. that are pretty and good. This one's this one's got some good nicotine content. I feel. Mm-hmm. Well, I can feel it on, on my tongue for sure. Like in my mouth. Yeah. I can, I can feel, feel it feel on it. your tongue too. I'm, no, wait. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. This next one, like I, I've never heard this and I don't even know what this means. Um, but also to in, in full disclosure, Mike and myself are not the generation that carpeted over hardwood floors. Uh, so this next one is putting ice cubes on dents in the carpet will remove them. On carpet. Does this mean like if you put, if you have like a dresser and then you move it and it's got the little like foot imprints? Is that like a carpet d- dent? Yeah, I would think so. I would say that's probably true because you're going to moisturize it and get it to repuff, right? I know if you go over yeah, the, it with the spring a, back, uh, yeah, with a carpet cleaner, 
it'll pull it right up. We have uh, okay. area carpets on our hardwood flooring, and uh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. over it with that carpet cleaner, it's uh, makes it like brand new, you know. And and to be fair, an area rug is different than carpeting over an entire house of hardwood floors. I say this because yeah. our house has yeah. hardwood floors that have been entirely carpeted over. <laughs> anyway, I'm not bitter. Let's uh, let's move on. My parents had a house that had that, uh, and my dad yeah. ripped it all out, and they refinished it, and then they had nice hardwood floors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our realtor said, uh, "Let your kids destroy the carpet, and then when they're old enough, you can tear the carpet up and you know repolish the floors and everything. It'll be great." And my brother bought a house, and they carpeted the the bathroom. They carpeted the bathroom <sighs> and over all the hardwood floors. So there's that. I have seen that before, especially in basements. Okay. Um, but everybody's mad at us about participation ribbons. And my dad's dog got a first place participation ribbon in a dog parade for wearing a Trump vest. So I feel like it probably wasn't our generation to blame for that. Well, obviously, I mean, I was never involved <laughs> in anything where there was like participation trophies or any weird stuff. There was like no that, participation so. trophies in bowling, Mike. No, no, there was not. Um, oh, okay. But, uh, it, 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 it's got to be the parents' fault, right? These kids aren't the ones that are enforcing this. Yeah, but they blame <laughs> us because, like, they invented that, and now we like that. And, and I don't. Like, I don't I don't need a ribbon. I don't want, like, on my five-year anniversary with my company, they sent, like, this really gaudy, like, glass, like, certificate that's super lame. And I'm like, why would you send me this? Like, just give me... Just give me a ten dollar bill. Like I don't need a glass like thing to display. Like I'm not going to display it. I don't have people over at the house, and they're like, "Wow, you got a really nice gaudy glass certificate thing from your company. They must really like you." Like that's not how that works. Like I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like the one guy I saw this one review because like Microsoft was like, "How likely are you to recommend Windows to a friend?" And the guy was like, "I don't think you understand like operating systems." And normal people's conversations, like we don't, we don't sit around and be like, you should really try Windows 10. I, I think that would fix all your problems in life. Like, I know we're just drinking a beer and like talking about mowing the lawn, but I think Windows 10 would really help you. It's just not, it's not, it's not like normal people stuff. It's like lizard people stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> all I can tell you is don't watch the news with Ray-Bans on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Consume, procreate. Oh, uh, if, for anybody who's listening who has not seen They Live, you need you to need watch to. They Live. Yeah, it's yeah. There's some uh, fucking phenomenal <laughs> one-liners in there. Oh, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Yeah, and then my other favorite, <laughs> and I, and I almost like this one better, is uh, uh, I think it's like life's a bitch, and she's back in heat, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. One of the lesser knowns. Uh, so anyway, back to the ice cubes. Uh, if you put them on the nipple, it will harden. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, I had the wrong tab open. Uh, place an ice cube over the spot. Wait until it melts and the dent should be gone. So that one is true. Uh, or you could just use, you know, like a carpet shampooer thing, carpet cleaner. Uh, number 12. I guess I never really like thought of this as an old wife's tale other than it's more so a common societal trope. Uh, and there's a really great Mr. Bean episode about this one, and it's fantastic. Uh, but I love Mr. Bean, so I'm probably biased. This Mr. One Bean is taught me how to drive around roundabouts. 
Yes. Yes. And uh, taught me how not to cheat on a test. <laughs> and how to keep myself entertained during a church service. <laughs> anyway, uh, and to have a, a, an un, unrational hatred for three-wheeled cars. Oh, my. <laughs> so in the, in, the, in the series, there's like a, his arch nemesis, who you never see, in in person drives a and so it's, it's a british thing and so he's there's a two wheels in the back and one wheel in the front and it's like a little like car truck thing but it's like tiny you know what i mean but it's like always cutting him off and he's got his own tiny little car uh but anyway uh count sheep to fall asleep and it rhymes so it must be true and i know that there is a psych- psychological thing where people are more likely to believe something that rhymes than something that doesn't hmm. I I always thought that was an invention of uh advertisement. Uh so I, I never I've never even considered if that's real or not. Yeah, I mean I just know like it I, I, I never really equated it with like an old wife's tale. I just kind of equated it with like a, a societal trope. Right. But we'll see. Uh this one is true. Uh counting imaginary uh sheep when you're in bed can help distract you from stressful or anxious thoughts. I guess I, uh, if I have issues falling asleep because of stress, I tend to try to find solutions to my problems. Yeah, and I mean, it's like some nights, I mean, it's weird because like some nights I'm just like, I'm just kind of like a little more restless than other nights or like I just can't get comfortable. Uh, but I never really thought to actually try and count sheep. You know, I try, I try and go to like a calm place in my mind, you sure. know, but sometimes, you know what it largely is? If I go and drink some water... And then come back. I like fall right asleep. So everybody these days is like dehydrated because everybody's drinking like coffee and soda and all these weird things. And it's like, just drink some straight water and you'll probably be better. You know, are people dehydrated? I drink uh, usually around a gallon of water a day. Okay. Uh, I don't. And I've been I mean, I should. I try years. and drink more water than I probably drink around uh, 32 ounces of water a day. Okay. See, Maybe I measure it because I have a half gallon. 40 or 50 some. And then I have. Like, you know, I have a measured amount of water I bring with me and I okay. drink it most of the time. I drink it all during the summer. I certainly drink it all. Yeah. Um, I've been but, trying uh, recently to get better about drinking more water. Hmm. And I don't know why. Like I should. you. It's like a survival thing. Like you shouldn't even have to be like, OK, now I got to like I got to survive. So I got to drink some water like it shouldn't even be that thing. You should just be doing it normally. But I think there's so much other like shit out there that you can drink. That maybe, yeah, tastes better. But then, on the other hand, like, sometimes you just want that, like, straight water, man. Maybe a city water, because I'm not a fan of city water. Well, we have a, a pitcher filter, or filter pitcher, oh, sure. or whatever, you know, so, like, and that's what we drink out of. We don't really drink out of the tap. Uh, and then it's in the fridge, so it's always, like, fridge cold, which is great. But, like, it shouldn't even really be a thing. Like, you should just like drinking water, and... You don't need to have like fancy water, flavored water, or carbonated water, or whatever. Just like it's water. Like just drink some good, crisp, clean water. You know. This next one, I kind of like laughed at in my head as we were talking. Uh, and again, I haven't scrolled down to see what the answer is, but this one says chewing parsley gets rid of garlic breath. And so the 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 second one must be chewing garlic gets rid of parsley breath. <laughs> like, I mean, right? Like chewing so. coffee beans gets rid of onion breath. Like, well, I I guess. 
Chewing I don't know. Coffee beans would get rid of just about anything breath. breath <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Probably true. I used to. I knew a guy, and I only worked with him for a couple days. Thankfully, he was like a hillbilly yeah. type guy, and he was a okay. tobacco chewer. A Mormon he was quitting, or I mean, an Amish, right? Yeah, he was not an Amish, but he was a hillbilly character, and he okay. used to chew tobacco. And he switched to dipping coffee grounds. And he would put a okay. dip in, but it was coffee grounds. <laughs> and I was right. like, that can't be, that can't be pleasant. <laughs> no, his teeth were always better. black, you know, with just coffee grounds yeah. everywhere. And it's like, oh my God. I mean, it's got to be better. It's got to be better, like, medically than dip. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it doesn't have fiberglass and all sorts of horribleness in it. So it's got to be well, better yeah. for you than that. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I could never. I don't know if I could ever do that uh, more than for one time. You know what I mean? No, I don't know. Like I wouldn't. And I like me some like really strong coffee, but I'm not, I'm not just packing my gums full of coffee. Uh, so back to the parsley. This is true. Parsley contains compounds that counteract the high sulfur content of garlic. And I guess this makes sense because if you are uh, chopping garlic with your hands, you need to rub your hands on stainless steel, and that will remove the garlic smell from your fingers. So we I have a stainless steel that. sink. So, so every time I chop garlic, I just rub my hands in the sink, and then the garlic smell is gone. So Interesting. I just washed them. Yeah, but you can still smell it. Like, it's residual. So, so the But the, the stainless <laughs> steel, like, will, will neutralize that. Oh, and they I actually sell, and you don't need this, but like they sell, like, stainless steel, like, they look like a bar of soap. But you just use it for after garlic. But we have a stainless steel sink, so I just rub my hands on the divider. You know what I mean? Right. I have seen the stainless steel soap bar. So, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, a lot of this stuff is, like, chemistry stuff, which I wish we would have been been learned. I wish we would have been learned this. Uh, I'm glad we did the other episode first, as all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> I wish we would. I wish. I wish we would have learned some of this, like really interesting chemistry stuff in high school chemistry, instead of like, hey, why don't you go fuck around with dry ice? Although that's fun too. Like I love dry ice, but mm-hmm. okay, this one I don't know what this one means. So hopefully you've heard of this one and you can explain it to me because I don't know what what the fuck this one's talking about. Uh, the swing of a ring will determine the sex of your baby. So my first question is what ring, what swing? That's total nonsense. We know how that works. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I don't, I don't know how that works. I, I mean, I, the, the egg and the sperm and the, I mean, what Wait ring? A second. Yeah. What? Okay. So this, <laughs> so this one is false. Uh, the tale is that if you take off your wedding ring, tie it to a piece of string, and hang it over your belly, if it swings in a circle, you'll have a boy. If it moves back and forth, you're expecting a girl. That is some like medieval nonsense right there. That is some absolute <laughs> bullshit. Like I don't know. <laughs> That's just dumb. <laughs> that is. Uh, that is. I, I don't have words. That's so stupid. I'm not going to make a comparison, but I can think of a lot of things that are as stupid as that. And that, that, that is really dumb. That is really dumb. Uh, speaking about old wives tales. So we're, we're going to be on number 15 out of 19. Uh, this next one here is uh, toothpaste can send spots packing. 
I feel like this website has taken the old wife's tales and updated, tried to update it to modern parlance. Yeah. But, uh, so that kind of sucks. But I, I think this one's true. I think toothpaste can do a lot of stuff. And I've seen, uh, videos of like, uh, Coca Cola taking rust off of things or whatever. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this one's true. You can use a uh, toothpaste to clean up, uh, tobacco pipe, uh, bits, the mouthpieces okay. if they're vulcanized rubber. I should, uh, so. when I'm, when I'm with you in a week, I should bring my uh, antique store pipe up and w- maybe we can like ream it together. We can do that. We can ream it and salt it. Ooh. Not assault it, but salt it. Uh, so, tooth- so toothpaste could spend, 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 uh, send spots packing. Let us find out. This is true. Toothpaste contains menthol, which most of your cigarettes do as well, uh, which cools and soothes inflammation as well. Why would it be talking about inflammation? Oh, well, then why would they just say zits or pimples? Okay, so yeah, you can put people. I trigger myself, and you should too. (laughs) You have to be sensitive to people's needs, Nate. Uh, Yeah, and you know what they need is they need some toothpaste. Uh, You can put toothpaste, and uh, they also, like, toothpaste also contains antibacterial agents, I guess, so they can fight infection and detergents. We were totally off on what they meant by spots. I thought they were talking. I know. About, like, I thought a, it was like stains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like in Super Bad when uh, Jonah Hill's like, she perioded on me. And he had like the period spot. And then the guy's like, were you dancing with that woman? And he's like, oh, she perioded on you too. Cool, man. We're, we're matching. And he's like, no, oh, that's my girlfriend. I don't remember anyway. that. That's okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. We uh, We both knew the one movie we were talking about earlier, so... Yes. That's all that yes. matters. Well, They Live is a classic, I would say. As weird as yes. that is to say. Well, all of his movies are, really. Uh, Village of the Damned was really good. I haven't seen it. And, of course, he did The Thing with Kurt Russell. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, here's a good one for any of you that have pubes. If you're under 18, you shouldn't be listening to our explicit podcast. And you should not be getting tattoos or tanning. Uh, so this one is pull out, <laughs> pull out, <laughs> okay, pull out a gray hair and two will grow in its place. Do you think this That's is true, ridiculous. Mike? That's ridiculous. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And it's just like uh, if you shave something, the hair comes back like twice. There's a whole Seinfeld episode of it, which was hilarious, but I don't believe biologically accurate. No. Okay, let's find out. Uh, this is false. It actually takes about three months for new hair to grow. And a further three months before you'll notice it. If you pull out a gray hair, by the time the one you pull out grows back, a few more will have appeared nearby, so it look so it'll look as if two have grown in its place. But that's but that's only if you're graying. Like I have a patch of gray hair on my head, but it's never expanded from what it's been since like high school. You know what I mean? Like it's just like my printer is out of toner in that area. So <laughs> yes, my beard is definitely uh, going gray. But yeah, I but it's not like. Don't think. Yeah, and if you, and if you, it, it's different. Like if you pluck it, you have the potential of like tearing out the root, but it still grow, it still grows back. So it's not like it's a thing, but like you're not actually like adding more gray to right. that area, unless it's just your natural body's decision at that time to go gray. Right. So stupid. Yeah, I know. A lot That's of these not are as stupid, stupid uh, as taking your wedding ring off and swinging it, but. I'm going to do that from now on. I'm just going to do it. Like, why not? Yep. Hey, you know. 
Yeah. So I got about two inches of my cigar left. And we're on seventeen not. out of nineteen. An inch and like a quarter. Okay. Well I've been I've been talking a lot more than you have and I had to relight because not because of the cigar went out on its own, because I didn't I was like I was on a on a tangent and I was like excited and then I was like, Oh yeah, I I kinda got carried away, so anyway. We'll do final thoughts after number nineteen. And I'm gonna try try to get there before Mike burns his fingers. <laughs> Uh, number 17, and this one I know because I looked this one up. If you sit too close to the TV, you'll go blind. That seems like an exaggeration. Seems like it's a partial truth, though, because if your eyes are focusing that often on it, I'm sure that you're going to damage your eyes. I was told that computer screens weaken your eyes, but I'm not sure if that's true. There is definitely, like, eye strain, and my glasses have a, I think it's a blue... Uh, tint filter because there's a lot of blue light that comes from a computer screen and from your phone screen and so a lot of phones and and iphone has this and and android phones have this is you can put it to night mode and your screen appears more orange because the blue light actually prevents you from sleeping and when blue when blue leds came out everything like all your your clocks and everything in your room were blue like i remember this in like the early 2000s everything was like a blue led well those are terrible for sleep and red is the most uh, sleep-friendly light to have and the most night vision-friendly light to have. That's why a lot of uh, hunting flashlights have a red light red light filter on the yes. front. Uh, so the red wavelength is better for vision and night vision and, and soothing. And the blue light like triggers your brain into like hyperactive mode. So if you wear glasses... I highly suggest because my eyes have not felt burned out. And I didn't even realize they felt burned out until I got these uh, computer tint glasses that I wear every day. And my eyes, I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize. Like, you don't know until you know. Uh, But yeah, the computer screens are blue light heavy. So Very interesting. Anyway, uh, so this one is false. Uh, You can sit as close as you want and your eyes will not uh, be affected. Uh, The reason that children can sit, sit closer to the TV is because they can focus closer to their faces than adults can without having eye strain. So if you or I were to sit close to a television set at our age, we'd experience more eye strain than if we sat a little further away. But children can focus closer, which kind of makes sense because uh, a newborn can only focus, I think, like eight or 10 inches in front of their face and everything else beyond that is is blurry. So Interesting. I guess I didn't know that about news. Why would I? Yes. Well, why would you? And like, but so if you if you're around a newborn, the closer you get, the more interactive they'll be with you because they can't see you from further than you know a foot out. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this next one seems like some absolute total BS, but let's let's find out. Number eighteen: Pour white wine on spilt red wine to remove the stain. And that sounds like a tremendous waste of alcohol to me. <sighs> that seems like some weird wine mom logic. <laughs> yeah, like why not like... pour vodka on it then you know like well let's see this one is false oh oh i love this i'm gonna read this verbatim from the website false some magazine did some lab tests and found that white wine is actually rubbish at removing red wine stains so their suggestion is that you're much better off drinking it instead and that ma- that mirrors what I said. Like that seems like a tremendous waste of of alcohol. Have a carpet cleaner. And uh, yeah, yeah. 
like a lot of stains these days aren't that hard to remove uh, if you ha- if you have the right cleaner agent, I guess. Right. We have a, a Hoover something or other that's a carpet cleaner, and it we don't have any issues. It it removes. It's incredible how dirty the carpets get. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it works pretty good, uh, even on car seats. You know. Yeah. I mean, there's so if you get the right, if you have the, it's the same with most things in life. If you have the right tools and the right supplies, pretty much everything is easy. And, right. and if you take care of those tools, you know what I mean. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have the right uh, knife to cut a certain thing, or a right saw, or a right uh, stain remover, or uh, if you have vinegar at all. Like vinegar is kind of like a wonder thing. Like it yeah, does so white much. vinegar is that's a pretty powerful cleaner. Yes. How often do you descale your uh, coffee pot? I just did today. I do it probably once a quarter, uh, and then I change yeah. out. Uh, ours has a carbon uh, carbon filter little pack, and I bought like a ten pack of those. And so I I tend to uh, run the cleaner, and then I swap out the little carbon pack. Sure. Mine so tells I just did me that today. When I need to do. Oh, it. okay. Ours yeah. isn't quite that smart, but it does have the clean mode, and then. Um, you gotta pull. You gotta pull the carbon pack out before you put the the vinegar in. And uh, Sarah did that the wrong way once, and so I was like, "Well, <laughs> we we'll just we'll just change the carbon pack. Like it's not a big deal." Right. I uh, last time I descaled it, it was two or three weeks ago, and I could not okay. believe all the junk that came out of there. Uh, incredible amounts of debris out of that machine. It was unsettling. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe junk never really comes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like we we I only use filtered water in our coffee coffee maker, um, and so like junk doesn't come out. But there definitely does get some like buildup of you know like old coffee just mm-hmm. throughout the thing. You know. So all right, so I've got about an inch left of this cigar. I'm burning my fingers. I've really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it didn't really do a, a flavor change or anything, and I know we tend to like those more. But this one's been dark. It's a little less sweet now at the end. So maybe it did do a little bit of a flavor change. And I've just been more focused on old wives and their tails. But Right. I'm. It's, it's hot right now for me. And I have about an inch left as well. And yeah. I think that might have lowered the sweetness just because of all the heat. But it yes. was very consistent, dark, sweet. So Yeah. And for, uh, what, four or five bucks a stick? Sign right. me up. I'm going to have to get oh, more yeah. of these. Yeah, these are... Definitely winners, I would say. All right. And uh, so with that, this will be our last Old Wife's Tale for this episode. But before we get into that, I want to tell you that we have our very first episode sponsor. Okay. And it's not this episode. It's a future episode. Um, But we had some friends uh, go down to New Orleans. Ooh. And they stayed with us, and we dropped them off at the airport. I say we, but I mean Sarah. And uh, we picked them up, and by we, I mean Sarah. But they came back, and they brought, because uh, we were talking about our podcast before they left. And they went to a cigar shop down in New Orleans and brought back two of the same stick for oh. you and I to smoke on our show. Very nice. So uh, I was thinking maybe our next episode, we could do that one. Yeah, yeah. Then our next episode, we're going to be in person, right? Yep, that is correct. There we go. There we go. All right. So, uh, and this last one here will come into play 
uh, on our next episode when we're in person, because when we're in person, what do we tend to do, Mike? Consume. Uh, we have libations. <laughs> yes. We, we, yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, so the last one is hair of the dog will ease your hangover. That is true. I believe it is true as well, although I have never partaken in that. Oh, wow. I can assure you that. Uh, but I have a, people that swear by it. It's a tricky mistress because uh, it's easy to go over the hump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially in the morning when you don't have any food in your stomach. So. Oh, yes. Uh, this one is true. Research has shown that consuming small doses of alcohol can relieve alcohol withdrawal symptoms. But it can increase dependency on alcohol, so it's best to avoid getting a hangover in the first place. If you've been boozing, drink Nate's favorite and Mike's favorite liquid, a big glass of water. Yes. I tend to, if I drink a lot of water, I don't get as yes. drunk. Yeah. The, yeah. And what I've tried to do, at least in college, and I've kind of fallen away from this like as an adult because I just want to get drunk, I guess. But mm -hmm. uh, if I was going for a big drinking night, I would try and do one for one. Like every beer I drink, I would try and drink one glass of water. And then I usually didn't have a hangover the next day, no, no matter how much I drank. Right. Well, it, I mean, you're in, the, you're in the bathroom a lot more, but... Uh, it's just pee and you're not throwing up or anything. So, right. I've done that. If I, you know, I try to consciously try to increase my water intake for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a good strategy and I need to be more diligent with myself on that. And I haven't been of late. So I try to avoid drinking heavy amounts most of the time because I'm older and I uh, have responsibilities, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's all the uh, the old wives' tale. Did you have any other, like, wives' tales that you've heard of that uh, we didn't cover? Uh, I mean, I, I could have done some pre preparation and thought of a few. I know that uh, witching sticks, I don't know if that if witching sticks would be a wives' tale or not, though. Uh, I don't, I don't know. What's, uh, what's a witching sticks? Uh, so, uh you take like two typically number six solid pieces of copper and you bend them. And then supposedly you can walk and find water lines and find electrical oh, wires because okay. they'll cross, you know, and uh, okay. I, some people swear that it's true. Uh, I think it's not true. It's more, uh, if you know where it should be, you already have an idea. So, of course, your stupid witching sticks yeah. are going to, you know, turn where you think it's going to be. And yeah. if you have enough education about how a system is built, you know where it is anyway. You know, you can look at it and see uh, yeah. where things should be at. So, I, I don't know if that's real. I, apparently, back in the day, they'd hire people to witch out uh, where to put wells underground for water. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and who knows? I... I don't believe it, but it, a lot of people swear by it. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I've heard of that, but it wasn't really like copper. I, I wasn't like the uh, Aborigines in Australia would take like two sticks and claim they could find water or something. Or was that the Native Americans here? They, like, I yeah, don't know. They, I, I, I've, I've heard sticks. I've seen guys use copper. Uh, I don't think the material makes a difference, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably not. I'm guessing it doesn't really. Probably not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, the wives tale turns into folk wisdom really quick, depending on. Yeah. That. I mean, it kind of so, does like you're only like a generation or two away from that. So, oh, right. Especially like my grandparents were World War II era. So 
you know. Yeah. They had a lot of old folksy sayings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, always interesting. But, yeah, that Kentucky yes, Fire Fever Mawat was... Uh, yep, this one was good. Was I liked good. it quite a bit. Uh, and for $4 a stick, I mean... This might replace, yes. it's not going to replace a, a charou, but uh, if you want something longer than a charou, like this, this would almost be my go-to. Right. Yeah, it's good. It's a it's really a, good. It's a good one. I Would you say it's better than like one of the Fumas, those uh, Rocky Patel Fumas that we had? Ooh, I don't know, man. The, the Fumas were really good. They were really good. They were really good. Similar uh, price point too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So... Not too far off, at least. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'd have to do like a, a smoke off, you know, or smoke right. one and then the other uh, to get a final like verdict on whether or not the Fuma was better than uh, the Muat. But I guess whatever's available to you. This season as well. Okay, good. I'm yeah. excited. Uh, we've got some exciting cigars coming up. Uh, Mike's got a gallon bag for me, and I went and bought some uh, special limited edition cigars. Uh, that I'll be bringing to Mike, and we'll be doing some really interesting stuff uh, this season. So, heck yeah! Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Nice Ashes. Be safe, have fun. <laughs>